All right, y'all. Shades back on. It's a Rams versus 49ers NFC Championship game preview. We're going to get into all that and more. No host, no guest host, no uh, Rams podcast guys for today, but forget all that, man. It's 49ers versus Rams. It's us versus them. We're going to get into it. All our thoughts, all y'all thoughts, all that good stuff right here on the San Francisco 49ers morning show. Let's go. It is picked off by Aaron Crocker over midfield. He'll run it all the way into the end zone. Touchdown. Crop Talk TV Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the San Francisco 49ers Morning Show. I'm your host, former NFL and AFL defensive back. Eric Crocker, and today, man, we're getting to all things pertaining to the San Francisco 49ers against the LA Rams. This matchup, things that I'm I'm happy about, things that I'm I'm optimistic about, things that worry me a little bit. We're gonna get into all that and more. But first, make sure if you have not already, listen and subscribe to the uh, Locked On 49ers YouTube channel. All right, Locked On 49ers YouTube channel is in the link in the description below. Uh, Locked On 49ers, just show in general. Why am I glitching? I have no idea. That's what took me so long to get started, but we're going to work through that, man. Hey, the devil works in mysterious ways, and he's trying to slow down this stream, but he's not going to do it. <laughs> he's not going to do it. I hope everybody's having a blessed morning so far. Uh, you know, I have my cup of have my cup of hot cocoa. I don't drink coffee. I've talked about it before. I, I'm not really, uh, I don't. I don't know if stuff really works on me. <laughs> Although I'm not, my body's just not sensitive. So I don't know if coffee works. That's not something I wake up in the morning. I'm like, oh man, I got my cup of coffee so I can get started. But I do drink hot cocoa just to get me warmed up inside about 30 degrees out here uh, this morning in Southeast Arkansas. I do live in Arkansas. Uh, obviously I'm from Stockton, California. Y'all see the 209 stuff behind me. Got my Stockton Ports hat. Got my Edison uh, stuff back there. Man, let's go. Let's go. Why am I glitching? That's bothering me so much. I know y'all can see it. I can see it. Whatever, man. We're going to work through it. We're going to work through the glitching. But <sighs> locked on NFL draft. Make sure you guys subscribe. This will be potentially last show of the week. I might get on tomorrow. I told y'all I was going to have a guest on, right? Former NFL player. All right, some of y'all guessed right, some of y'all didn't guess right or whatever, but former NFL player, former 49er player, all right, former 49er player, former 49er player that lived through the, that played through the um, the Singletary era, probably the, I don't know, the Dennis Erickson, maybe, the, the Nolan. I mean, it was kind of those years, Singletary for sure. Then Jim Harbaugh, he was a part of the, uh, he started on all three of those NFC championship teams. All right. So he's coming on. He asked me if I can go tomorrow. I'm like, man, I'm traveling, but I'm going to reach back out to him. And I, I'm going to reach back out to him and see if he can go tomorrow. We're going to figure it out. We're going to make it work. If I have to get to uh, Mobile, Alabama early so I can set up just to have that interview, that show for y'all and kind of just get his thoughts on uh, the NFC championship game, his time playing in those uh those games, you know, what it meant, what it was like playing under Harbaugh, all those things. I want to bring that to y'all. So uh, I'm going to reach back out to him. He said he's good tomorrow at noon. 
I'm gonna try to get him uh, on tomorrow noon. Even though I originally said, "Man, I'm traveling to Alabama that day," but I'm gonna make it work for y'all. All right. So potentially this is this is potentially the last uh, episode of the day, unless we record maybe a Sunday morning before the actual championship game. Uh, also, Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman was supposed to come on the show, and uh, earlier in the year he was supposed to come on. He was like, "Croc, yeah, I'll come on, woo woo," and then. He had his incident happen. Then he went to the Bucks, so I kind of held off. And then uh, this offseason or came for the Buccaneers. So I reached back out to him. I'm like, hey, sure, you want to come back on the pod? And he was like, man, you know, I'm doing my thing with uh, PFF. So kind of, uh, you know, it's a little harder for him to get on with with, with different podcasts right now. But I'm going to work on it, man. sherman has been good to me. Uh, sherman has been real cool, so. Deshaun Gosen, no, but I have reached out to Deshaun Gosen. He did not reach back out to me that I recall. But uh, Deshaun Gosen is it is not Deshaun Gosen. I wanted to be a surprise. Would y'all just rather know who it is or and pop up and be like, boom, surprise? Or you know, how would y'all rather like it? Uh, it was great to hear Croc was striking gold episode 200. I had to go back with my dog. No, it's not Booby Gibson or uh, Booby. Uh, yeah, Booby Gibson, right? No, it's not him. Not him. Booby was never a starter for the 49ers. He just kind of contributed. I'm talking about somebody that started three, four years for the 49ers. All right? It was a big part of those championship teams. You feel me? But, uh, yeah, striking goal. My, my guy, Rob, reached out to me. He was like, crap, the 200th episode is coming up. Uh, yeah, Booby Dixon, my bad. Who's Booby Gibson? Booby Dixon. Uh, he was like, 200 episodes coming up, man. Like. You got to come on. I'm like, man, you already know, Rob, what you need me to do? So uh, shout out to my guy, Rob. I was on the Striking Gold uh, 200th episode, and it just happened to be when the 49ers uh, had just beat the Packers. So that was awesome getting on live with my with my guy. Nope, not Carlos Rogers. You guys are guessing, though. Uh, not Carlos Rogers. Carlos Rogers, uh, the guy I'm talking about, he was drafted by the 49ers. All right, drafted by the 49ers, sat for a few years, started throughout the entire Harbaugh era. That's the Booby Gibson, right? Yeah, there we go. Uh, Booby Gibson, Keisha Cole's uh, baby daddy. All right, but anyways, man, let's get into it, man. Uh, San Francisco 49ers taking on the Los Angeles Rams out there in Levi South. Uh, it, it's time to get back funky. It's time to get back gangster. You know what I'm saying? I had to put the Lokes back on. And and kind of talk about this matchup. I, I don't want to say, listen, I, I hear a lot of people, you know, they say these things like, you guys, you can't overlook the Rams. You can't overlook this team. Listen, the 49ers have, the fans outside of cheering at the stadium really have no effect on the outcome. I can say the Rams suck, 49ers going to kick their ass. And it ain't. What if I say that and they lose? It's not going to be because I said that. I can't overlook them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But obviously, my job is to present the information to y'all with how I feel about this matchup. And you guys got to work through the freeze. I don't know why it's glitching like that. I reset. I like refreshed it. I don't know. So you guys got to just work through the the glitching. I don't know why it's freezing up like that. But. And that's not my internet. I don't know what that is. I don't know if I need to restart my computer. Whatever the case is. But we're going to work through that because the audio works just fine. So when I look at this matchup, right, one, 
the 49ers have won six straight games, six straight matchups against the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, the Rams, I believe the first two years they split. And one of those games, the Rams kicked the 49ers' ass. And I think that was the first time, or one of the first times the 49ers wore those all-white uh, uniforms. Rams kicked the 49ers' ass. This was 2017. Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan's first year as coaches. Uh, head coaches, excuse me. The next time they met up, it was the end of the year, and the Rams, they just flat out. Okay, so it's not freezing. So it's only freezing on my end. That's interesting, but that's good. That's good news. All right, but the next time they met up, the Rams, they sat a lot of their guys. And this was Jimmy Garoppolo's first game against the Rams. Obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo has not lost to the Rams. Uh, but they sat a lot of guys, and the 49ers won, kind of one-handedly. I remember I had to kind of watch it on, I think this was New Year's Day or something like that. I had to go back and watch it. So I had to stay off my phone. I went to the snow with the family, came back. Typically, my wife knows. Don't scare. I don't want none. Don't don't interfere. Nothing with 49er games. My wife typically knows this. This was one where we were just on our way back. So I had to record it. Then I, could, I had to stay off all social media, keep my phone down. I had to watch the game live. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo uh, led the 49ers to a victory in that game through two interceptions. So, you know, his turnover thing has been there. But this 2017. The next year, I believe they split again. Uh, in this year, Jimmy Garoppolo had got hurt, so he didn't play against the Rams that year. All right. Now, you look on what's going on since then. Six straight – it's not Chris Culliver. Six straight years uh, – six straight games, 49ers have won. And I I think anything prior to this year, you have to throw out the window. The only thing that we can take from those games is the fact that it's the same coaches, head coaches, and maybe – Maybe Kyle Shanahan knows knows McVay. Maybe he knows how to get through to him. Maybe he knows how to get inside the head of McVay. Maybe he is inside McVay's head. I, if there's anything I can take from the six straight wins, it's it's that. Now, outside of okay, maybe I have to close unnecessary windows. Okay, let's do that. All right, but outside of Outside of just mental mind games, I'm not taking anything from the previous years against the Rams. So let's start with this year and kind of what's going on. All right. You have you have the the 49ers. They came out first game, Levi Stadium, and they really dominated them. They dominated the Rams. I think the thing that jumps out to me right away is the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo did not turn the ball over. He was extremely efficient. Uh, that kick started the 49ers three-game winning streak. And I think a lot of people, when they looked at, at that and the way the 49ers won the next two games, it was like, oh, we, we found the recipe for the 49ers. We found the identity. It is run the ball 40 times. And that was what the 49ers did against the Rams. They ran the ball 40 times. They ran the ball well. Uh, there were, you know, certain guys not playing in that game. I think they rolled Elijah Mitchell. Was that the finger Elijah Mitchell, like, for, uh, the game he fractured like a finger or something like that. So Eliza Mitchell, you know what I'm saying? He, you know, whatever, he finished that game, ran the ball a ton, 20-something times or whatever, ran for over 100 yards, had a big game. Jimmy Garoppolo, extremely efficient on third downs. My, one of my biggest takeaways that really kind of jump-started the 49ers in that game, Matthew Stafford, he turned the ball over twice. He threw two interceptions. 
Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo threw none. Uh, the two interceptions that Matthew Stafford threw, they one they both led to touchdowns for the 49ers. One was actually a pick six. And once the Rams kind of fell down 14-0, they ran the ball well. I wonder if it's a, if it's as simple as, well, the 49ers are just like, man, we're up. The run's not going to beat us. You're going to have to beat us with the pass. And they weren't able to do that. But that's a less than the ideal situation for the Rams. Falling down 14-0 in time you do that against most teams, it's really hard to come back from that. 49ers were able to ride the run game. The defense played extremely well. All right. So that was what happened early on in the first game. Second game they played, week 18, Levi South, SoFi Stadium. 49ers come out, and they're down 17-0. Again, not ideal, especially for a team that wants to win a certain way, typically by limiting the throws and attempts by their quarterback. Uh, but they had to figure it out, and they needed Jimmy Garoppolo to make big plays. He did to get them in field goal range to go into halftime down 17-3 while getting the ball back. Uh, that was. To me, a big turning point in that game. I spoke to most people on Twitter, and one of my big takeaways of the first half was not a great first half. Came out like days ago. I know Jimmy Garoppolo threw an interception, but awesome job by Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers offense going down and getting points before half because you get the ball back at halftime. Now just punch it into the end zone after halftime, and you have a ball game. And that the 49ers did. The 49ers did just that. And, and, and that was huge. And obviously the 49ers came back. Uh, you know, they when you look at some of the numbers, uh, really even against each other, I saw some stats this morning. When it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo, as much as we say Jimmy Garoppolo is a liability and he is kind of prone to do some weird things. And I wonder, you know, who trusts who more? Does Kyle Shanahan trust uh, Jimmy Garoppolo more? Or does Sean McVay trust Matthew Stafford more. Who trusts their quarterback more? And some of this game might come down to that. All right. Uh, you, you you look at some of the numbers from that game. All right. Just from the quarterback's standpoint, because I think those two guys have the biggest hand in the outcome of this game. They are both turnover-prone guys. They are both prone to give the opposing team more opportunities, more chances. And in the two games that they've played so far, Matthew Stafford has thrown four interceptions. Four. I think that's the biggest key to this game. Aside from Jimmy Garoppolo taking care of the ball, can you take the ball away from Matthew Stafford? Because when he doesn't turn the ball over, they win. But that's the same thing with the 49ers. When the 49ers don't turn the ball over, they win. I, I, don't, I don't think any of the previous games matter as much. I don't think those previous games uh, you know, it's like, oh man, we'll beat them six right. You beat them again. I don't think it comes down to any of that. I think it comes down to who wins the turnover battle. And that's the bottom line, in my opinion. Who wins the turnover battle? Both of these quarterbacks are prone to give it up at any time. Now, you look at the but last week, Matthew Stafford didn't turn it over. Matter of fact, I mean, he. He was big time down the stretch when they needed most and they won the game. But who did turn the ball over for them to get into that position to where they needed that game-winning drive? With the team, they fumbled four times. Cooper Cup, Akers, twice. And whoever else fumbled. Four fumbles from the Rams. Four. <laughs> 49ers forced more fumbles in the NFL than anyone. 
I repeat that. The 49ers force more fumbles in the NFL than anyone. So that if 49ers have things working in their way, because this is a different team. Like early on, first game, you had Odell Beckham. Remember, they they had just, you know, they're going to the game thing. They got Robert Woods. That Friday, Robert Woods, he tears his ACL. All of a sudden, they got to play an Odell Beckham who just showed up a couple days before the game. Not ideal. Von Miller, that was his first game. Limited action. The last game, they're starting to build that continuity. You see it, right? Now you look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game, and it's like, okay, Odell Beckham's coming alive. Cooper Cup is who he is, and Von Miller looks scary. That's tough. I, I think this team, as well as they played throughout the year, even though the Rams didn't play well against the 49ers, this will be the 49ers' probably biggest challenge of the season. And I'm not one, again, it don't matter if I look or overlook the Rams or y'all or whatever. We have no, uh, out, we don't have any say in this outcome. We're not coaching, we're not playing. But I do believe that the 49ers, this is their biggest task. I think this Rams team right now, it, it, obviously they're in the NFC Championship game, so of course they're hella good, right? But this is the biggest challenge of the 49ers this year. Biggest challenge. The, the thing that scares me a little bit about the Rams, and I had tweeted out even before last game, right? Like, as the game was starting, I'm just like, Psh. I mean, I wanted the Rams to win because I put, I had that $100 uh, money line bet, you know, $1,800 came up, let's go. But, so I wanted the Rams to win. But I did not want them to win because I just felt like, man, these guys, like, they they are scary. And I tweeted this out. I said, I don't care if the 49ers beat the Rams 100 times. Like, this is a scary team. And when you look at the 49ers, I, I don't think the 49ers are scary in a sense of, oh, man, I look at them and it's just like, man, that, that they're just so scary. I think the 49ers are scary in a sense of, like, man, they play good football, right? Like the, the 49ers play good football and, and, and they are mentally tough and, and they are physical. When you look at the Rams, they are scary just because – they are so explosive on both sides of the ball. Their quarterback creates explosive plays. Cooper Cup was a 1,900-yard receiver. Um, and just his ability to, like, play from the slot and win and the mismatches that that poses. Tyra Higby, he's so good now. Odell Beckham, he's coming into his own lane with this team. He's he, That continuity building up. Their defense, they have so many playmakers that can change the game at any time. It's To me, it's just a, it's such a scary matchup. Von Miller, I'm watching him against the Bucks, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, when did this Von Miller, like, where where was this guy? <laughs> he looked like 2015 Von Miller. And to me, that's just a little scary. But maybe, you know what? I could be overthinking it. Uh, the 49ers seem to know how to coach against them and play well against them. Maybe I am giving them a little bit too much credit. But I, this was the one matchup where I'm just like, whew, D'Amico got to get in his bag. I'd say this, I, you know, in Locked On 49ers, make sure you guys listen to the podcast, listen to the YouTube. My main key to victory was Jimmy Garoppolo, don't turn the ball over and the 49ers likely win. I, if I were to follow up to another key to victory, I would say make the Rams one-dimensional. 
And I think that's what the Bucks. I don't know if they did as good of a job with that. They let off some big runs with the two running backs that the Rams have. You make the one dimension. Excuse me. You make the one dimensional. You make Matthew Stafford have to beat you. I think that's when you'll probably have your most success against them. They can run. What were their stats against the? Uh, what were their stats against the Bucks running? I don't. I don't think it was. Uh, and you guys can come on live. I'll put the link in the chat. Let's look at the box score uh, for the Rams versus uh, Bucks. I think they ran well, and Acres has been running well. Acres has been running well. Uh, that's September. Here we go. Oh no, they ain't run well. <laughs> so if the 49ers, so damn, that's crazy. Acres had 24 carries for 48 yards. I must have just seen his what runs did I see? What game was I watching? That I thought so much Sonny Michelle ripped off a big run. They averaged 2.4 yards per carry. If they can't run, if the 49ers could do that and make them one-dimensional, even though they didn't work for the Bucks. That's the that's the way for the 49ers to win. That's the way. Now you can't let Cooper Cup have 180 yards. I still think you, you can still win with that, but can't let Odell have 70 yards and, and Cooper Cup go off the way he did. But make them one dimensional. Make them one dimensional. Here we go. I got some of my guys coming on. Make sure, you know, if you like this show, we're just rapping. We're just rapping. We're just talking. You like this show, hit the like button. Uh, hit the subscribe button if you're new. All that good stuff. I got my guy Wayne Breezy coming on. Good morning, Wayne. How you doing, fam? What's good, family man? How you doing, bro? I'm doing good. You 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 teaching right now? Yeah, man. The kids are working on their final project. You know what I'm saying? I was like, let me jump on this joint real quick while I got a few <laughs> minutes in the morning. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because I don't get many breaks, but it's final exams week. But I love what you're doing on your podcast, man. Keep doing, keep making that great work. You putting out great content, bro. I love it, man. Oh, thanks, man. You two over there with the nitty-gritty game. Appreciate you, fam. Listen, I'm listening to some of your points, man, your key points. Uh, for some reason, I don't fear this team. And it's not because we just beat them. We beat them six times in a row or whatnot. It's something about right. the way our coach prepares our players to play specifically against their coach and their players. So they're going out. They are the scarier team. That I do agree with. They they. They got all the pieces, right? They got all pros at every level, right? Then they went and right. got former all pros, you know, just to beef up the line. And it seems like the 49ers just don't have the money to do certain things. And every time a player becomes available, we're like, yo, let's go get that guy. And unfortunately, we can't do it for financial reasons. Or they just might not be a fit, you know? And so when you look at the Rams, you'd be like, dang, they are the security team. They have the better record, right? They're the NFC West champs. You know what I'm saying? And so – I feel like they're they, we're their David, like they're the Goliath, and we're the David, right? We're, we're the guy with the slingshot. We shoot the, the giant in between the eyes, and for some reason, we find a way to always beat this particular juggernaut. And they always have the better record in the NFC, except for that 2019 year. So when I'm looking at this team, I'm saying like I feel like we match up well, and I think the one the last the last key factor you just added to beat this team is making them one dimensional. Listen, the Rams aren't a good running team. They actually were better running when they had Henderson back there, bro. Like, then when they started putting uh, uh, Sony Michelle and Cam Akers, they kind of they, – they, they just haven't been hitting. And Cam Akers is just coming off the injury. So, I feel like the one thing the 49ers have done 
well since week eight is stop the run. They found a way to stop the run. They put Eric Armstead back on the inside, made him that run stopper. He's in the backfield on a lot of plays. And I don't think that they're going to be able to run. And I think Cooper Cup could get 180 yards and Odell Beckham could get 70 yards. And we still find a way to win this game. Just keep him out of the end zone. You know what I'm saying? Just keep him out the end zone. Keep him out the end zone. Force them to get three points uh, or zero points opposed to seven points. And I think the 49ers could find a way with with Jimmy Garoppolo even turning over the ball, bro. Like, I'm taking all no expectations. We know who Jimmy is. We know he's going to get a turnover. And this might be the game where he shocked the world and get zero turnovers. But even with that, I feel like this team can beat the Rams. Walk me off that list. T- tell me where why I shouldn't feel. Oh that no, way, I, no, no, no. Uh, listen, and I saw somebody in the in the chat say, "49ers uh, beat Packers. They could beat anybody." I, I think 49ers can beat anybody in general. Like they play their brand of football, and and again, they they've done a really good job of making most teams one dimensional. All right, they do that. I mean, they 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 can beat anybody. I, I'm just saying from a matchup standpoint, because that's how I look at games. Like, mm-hmm. how's the matchup? I I, I came out. And said it like, I thought the, the the Cowboys were a better matchup in the sense. Of, I mean, for the Cowboys were a scarier matchup for the 49ers than the Packers. I didn't they think are. the Packers were as scary. You know, to me with the Packers, it just came down to, oh, well, you know, you got you got Aaron Rodgers and you got uh, Devontae Adams. And how are you going to slow those guys down? But aside from that, I didn't think that the Packers were necessarily the toughest of matchups. Uh, you know, just when I look at the Rams, they just pose matchups issues on both sides of the ball. So I think the biggest thing for you to help yourself is, can you make them one-dimensional with the run? And if you can do that, then you won't have as many issues. Think about in the games that they did win, right? And it's been a while. Four nine, six straight victories against them. It was when they had Todd Gurley. And yeah. some of the things that he was able to do in the run game, they utilize him. And that was when they were able to win, beat the 49ers or even dominate them, especially in that first matchup between these two head coaches. So, yeah, yeah I, I, won't, I won't walk you off any ledge with saying that the 49ers can definitely win this game. I'm putting money on the 49ers money line. It's three and a half. <laughs> I don't need those points. You know what I'm saying? So that's how I see the game. But just from a matchup standpoint, you know, it's a little – it's – it's a little, it's a little scarier, I would say. I would say, and and, and I agree. With, I I understand that. I understand why fans are worried. I understand that. It's like you know, they just have some pieces, and when when those pieces are activated and they come to life, the question is, how can the 49ers find a way to to you know, you know, to stop those pieces from being their juggernauts? And I, I, I at the end of the day, for some, I'm taking Brunskill over Aaron Donald. It's just a fact. Like, he just plays well against this one guy. Now, Von Miller, if Trent Williams isn't out there, I feel like Von Miller is going to be a menace. If Trent Williams is good to go, even at 70%, I feel like Von Miller may get one out of 10 rushes, like, successful on a, on a 70% Trent Williams. And so, and, and then on top of that, if Kyle Shanahan knows his guy isn't great, you know, you know, 100% healthy, he's going to use Trent in a totally different way we've probably never seen. And he gave us a little preview of that. Look, Croc, I'm so excited for this game, bro. I'm mad I can't be there. I know you're going to be in Mobile, man, doing your, the college stuff, man. I'm so proud of you, man. Listen, we got to do more stuff, and I got to get you on Nitty Gritty, man, when you get a chance, bro. I would love to have you on. Oh, yeah, you already know. You know it's good, man. Just hit me, especially in the offseason. There's going to be pr- plenty of content to create. So. Yeah, especially uh, during yeah, draft season, bro. I'm having you yes, on sir. for sure. Yes, sir. All right, man. Peace out.
All right, man. You have a good one. Here we go. Got another guy coming up. My guy, Dion. Dion, what's good, man? Good morning. What's good with you, Crockett? How you doing this morning, brother? Oh, I'm chilling, bro. Chilling, chilling. What yeah, What are some of your thoughts on this game? To be honest with you, man, it's, it's the game is is real simple, bro. It's contain Cooper Cup because you're not going to stop him. You know, try your best to shut down OBJ. Um, kill off Tyler Higby, and you know we win the game. I'm not even going to talk about the run game because that's going to be I, more existence. So I hear I hear what you're saying, but do you think it's just that simple? Honestly, I do. I don't see their defense doing much of anything to stop us. They're not going to be able to stop our run. I'm confident in that. Um, the thing for me is, you know, it's the quarterback. I'm a little as as long as he doesn't make any mistakes, it's fine. And that's all. That's that's all I really got to say. I'm not. I'm not going to beat down on him. I'm not going to say nothing negative about him. I just need him not to make any mistakes. If he doesn't make any mistakes, then hey. We're, we're all good. You know, we get the W, we win, life moves on, I'm happy, you know. And that's going to be the key focal point of it, you know. We know what we need to do to beat the Rams. I don't think there's much they can really change to be able to give us, you know, something different, you know, as far as looks and whatnot. Has Von Miller looked a little bit better? Yes. Did they terrorize uh, – um, Tom Brady. Tom Brady? Yes, they did. But the thing is, is we played them and we know them. So we know what they're going to do. I got to agree with Breezy. I'm definitely taking Daniel Brunsko over Aaron Donald. I don't know why he seems to play, you know, amazing or, you know, with one of the greatest pass rushers in the game, but he does. And then, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's it's just being smart about it, you know making sure that, that things on the offensive line are good. I, if I know Trent Williams, he's going to go. He has no intentions of not playing this game. This is the furthest he's ever made it in the playoffs in his career, and I don't think he wants to see that ride come to an end, basically on, on, a, on a bum ankle. Um, so if anything, they'll probably rest him continuously, and then they'll say, hey, you know what, on Sunday he's ready to go. And I'm not 100% sure he knows the game plan, man. I mean, I you know, he, he's, he's a vet. I don't think he needs practice that that bad, you know, maybe move around, get through a good walkthrough or something just to make sure the ankle feels good. But um, other than that, man, those are the keys to the game. I don't really see much else that needs to be done. It's that simple, but it is harder to execute. So it's easier said than done. You know what I'm saying? But those are the things that you need to do because I'm sorry, I don't see any other receivers who Van Jefferson. Am I really supposed to be afraid of Van well, Jefferson? They, 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 they have three. Okay, let's they have three receivers or three targets that are that are good. All right. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Take you have me, Cooper Cup. Take me and Cooper yeah, Cup. So so I mean it's similar. It's to hard the 49ers. to stop all of them. It is. Yeah, it's it's yeah, hard to stop yeah. all of them. I'm not saying that you know you can't I know when I said it, it sounded like super simple. It's easier <laughs> said than done. It is, it truthfully is. But those are the keys. That's exactly what you do. You take away their best players. Imagine okay, put it like this. I think Cooper Cup had Yardage galore. I think he had over 100 yards last time he played us, but both, he both times, yeah, yeah, but he did score. Right. I think he uh, scored. Maybe I think he scored in the regular season in the regular season game, but um, and then in the finale, I don't think he scored in that last game. I don't think he scored. Who scored on that corner touchdown on Jimmy Ward? Uh, that was, was a corner route. It was a corner route. 
I don't know. On the I have to look it up. Or, yeah, I'd uh, have to look it up because I don't know. Um, but I, I know – I think Cooper Cup didn't score one of those games. Hold up. I got it right. He didn't score in the first one. I know that for sure. He didn't score in the first one. The second one, I don't think he scored either. Um, but either way, it's just – it's it's limited. He did score him. in the second one. Yeah, it was oh, him did. on the corner. Okay. Right now. He got it him. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. So he did. My bad. Um, but at the end of the day, man, I just want us to be able to try to execute those things, and we should be fine. OBJ got, you know, almost all but shut down by Embry Thomas. You know, he held him down whenever he was on him, so it's it's cool. But, you know, it, those are the main key attractions, and those are the guys that we need to get busy with. And at the end of the day, even the thing – and the other thing that I forgot to mention, start fast. We don't need this to be another 17-3 to three at halftime and we got to pull a comeback. I don't want that. You know what I'm saying? Because basically this is Matthew Stafford's first NFC championship game of his whole career. And I can tell you right now, man, there's something inside of you that's going to say, I don't want to let this go. I'm going to do everything I can to get this going, you know, for, for, you know, so I don't, I don't wind up losing. The other thing I will say is, and I meant to say this a long time ago. People are saying like, man, look at what Debo is doing. Croc, you, you, you got a son, right? Yep, two of them. You got two of them. So do I. When you had a son, didn't something change? Like, as a man, like, you you just, it, it was like, almost like an ultimate achievement to an extent. At oh, least for course. me, it was. Yeah, so, Debo's got a son. People out there, if you have kids, and you're, you know, you're a man, let alone a black man in America, you have a young man, you want that little dude to never have to go through any bullshit ever. It lights a fire inside of you and brings out a different person because you go so much harder to give that person everything that you never had and you continually want to bless that child with a, a easier road than you had to take. You want them to understand that life is not a walk in the park, but at the same time, you don't want them to have to go through the trials and tribulations you went through. So that young man is playing for his son. And when you just, I mean, holding that little dude probably gave him a whole sense of another reality. So when y'all see why y'all see how Debo is playing, part of that is because of that little baby boy that he had outside of the fire that he already has when he plays and how crazy he is. But that's why I brought that up because people are like, man, this dude is off the chain lately. Like, he's just going so hard. Part of that fire is because of that newborn kid, man. When you have that little dude, and it's nothing against having little girls because little girls are the world and we love our daughters. I have three daughters. I love all of my girls. Um, and they mean the world to me. But just for, for us as black men, when we have a son, bro, because there are so many of us out there that don't have dads and dads weren't around. So when we can provide what we didn't get, it is absolutely an amazing thing. And that's part of what's going on inside of that young man. He is thinking, if I get to the Super Bowl, do you understand the contract I'm about to get out these dudes? Man, please, bro, my son ain't never going to have to worry about nothing in his life. So I'm going to go as hard as I possibly can to make sure we get this dub. We get back there. We win it. And then... (laughs) 
I got money in the bank. Shout it what you drink. Like, that's it. You know, but those yeah. are the keys. Appreciate you having me on, Crocky. Um, everybody out there, you know, let's get this win, man. Like I said, as long as Jimmy don't make no mistakes, shut down Cup, uh, slow down Cup, keep OBJ in check, and keep Tyler Higby in check, the run game would be a joke every day. Stay blessed, Crocky. Peace out, brother. All right. You have a good one. All right, here we go. Got a couple guys uh, waiting about to get on right now. I have a couple of super chats to get to. Uh, one, my guy, Ricky Rawls, he says, nothing deep. Just run the ball and protect 10. Nothing deep, nothing cheap. Run the ball, protect protect 10. I agree. I agree. Here we go. Uh, even though you said the first two games don't matter, who has an advantage from an adjustment standpoint in the offense or defense? Okay, so I, I want to clarify. I don't want to say that they don't matter. I, I mean they don't matter in the sense of, oh, you beat this team two times, so you're automatically going to beat them a third time. Like, no, nah, I, I feel like 49ers have to go out there and play their best football. You know what I'm saying? Now, I did see a lot of people that are like, oh, man, so hard to beat a team three straight times in a year. Well, history kind of shows right now that when you sweep a team in a regular season and see them in the playoffs, 67% of the time, you win. So you are actually more likely to win uh, than lose in this playoff game when you've already beat a team twice in the regular season. So you, 49ers have history on their side. But again, I, I think like what our guy Perry says here, you know, it is, it is going to come down to, you know, who makes the adjustments. And maybe it just, maybe it's as simple as they know each other and, and there are no adjustments to be made. And, and it's not even about adjustments, it's just about who plays their best football on that day. You know, who executes the best. Maybe it just comes down to that, right? Uh, you know, both of these these coaches and staffs know each other extremely well, exactly what they want to do. So, you know, it's I don't know if it's about the adjustments. Obviously, you always have to make those adjustments, you know, if something weird is happening, but I think it's just about execution. You know, I was on with uh Coach Voss on his uh YouTube channel, and he was asking, he was asking me, he was like, Croc. And he's like, big, he's just a film guy. He's not a 49er fan or anything like that. He's not even really a fan of a team. He just loves talking football. If you want to know scheme or anything like that, man, you need to watch his channel. But they did a deep dive into the 49ers versus Packers. And he asked me, he says, man, I keep hearing everybody saying, Demigo Ryan's made adjustments to what the Packers were doing. What adjustments did he make? Because he's like, I don't really see anything too much different. He's just talking about in that game in general. Like people are like, oh, you know, I would say that one adjustment I thought he made was he just put a little bit more uh, focus on Devontae Adams. But aside from that, what it looked like to me was the execution just got better. That was the that was like the biggest thing. The execution got a lot better. And when it comes to this game, I think that's going to be the biggest thing really for both of these teams. Who executes the best? The adjustments. I mean, they know each other extremely well. Who executes the best? Here we go. Got my guy Corey coming on. Good morning, Corey. Yo, what's good? Ah, uh, what's Yo, good, fam? I agree with you when you were saying your first point when you were saying earlier, like it's the it's a turnover about the battle for me. Like we don't give Elijah Mitchell enough credit as a rookie, toting the rock that many times a day, a game, not to ever yeah. fumble. Like I tip my cat off that, but like that, that's tremendous. So if we can keep doing that, if we can keep the pocket clean, 
I know you said Von Miller and them, they had a day last week. But worse than them was how they did have a couple banged up old offensive linemen. I looked at the Buccaneers a little different towards the end of the season. But uh, the Rams are a team that depends on explosive plays, in my opinion. Yeah. And we're a team that don't give up a lot of explosive plays unless it's a P.I. or something. There's no big plays. We can stop for one game. It's not, it's not too deep. Uh, our linebacker play last week, oh, my God, I played linebacker. So seeing like them fly around like that, that got my – I'm like, oh, my God, Fred Warren and Reno just flying around in that snow. That was, that was ridiculous. Yeah, no. Nah. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was going to say, Fred Warner 100% was, uh, you know, flying around. Him, uh, Aziz, Drake Greenlaw, when you go back and you kind of watch that All-22 and, and how they were flying around, how they were kind of beating the Packers to the punch, you know, that was, that was tough on the Packers, especially second half, trying to get things going with the run game. Uh, just how they were kind of knifing in there. They, they had some free runners. And, it, again, I just talked about the scheme stuff when I talked to Coach Voss and some of the things the 49ers did. And some things I don't even be noticing, right, like just lining up in the second gap, like uh, being, uh, you know, in, instead of a, a five-tech, you know, lining up at six-tech and how that changes the offensive lineman's job to where now he has to chip a guy because he's a little too wide. And then because he has to chip him now – that gives, you know, can can he chip a guy and then still get to the linebacker before he gets in there? And then he can't because this guy's too wide. And looking at just some of those subtleties, I thought that was something that was really cool to see uh, when I was kind of breaking that down. But it helped the linebackers a lot. And yeah, the linebackers, they were definitely flying around. Yeah, I see when we bust up A.J. Dillon, I think A.J. Dillon going out really hurt the Green Bay because they was the best at clock manager in the whole league. And they couldn't really get a first down. A.J. Dillon was... Who's playing well to me? And him going out really hurt Green Bay, in my opinion. Nah, definitely, definitely. You know, you, you, AJ Dillon, I don't know. I mean, I, I think he could have helped from the standpoint of just a big body like that, potentially wearing down some of the defenders, you know, just because he's big. But when I look at the 49ers and, and how they just defend the run, they got blew off the ball a little bit early on. But once they settled in, it, you know, it. I don't think it would have mattered if it was A.J. Dillon or anybody else. I agree. I agree. I agree. I think their biggest issue is they 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 had a blocked field goal and a blocked punt. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, in the sense of why they lost. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. And that's not to take anything away from 49ers defense. 49ers defense played phenomenal. Phenomenal. But, you know, it's like, you know, at the end of the day, four minutes left, they were up 10-3 punting the ball. And it got blocked, you know, and, and and some of those things that happened like allowed the 49ers to be in the game. So uh yeah, but I'm gonna get to the next caller, man. I appreciate you coming on, bro. Okay, breaking news. And I saw somebody is AJ Dillon related to Corey Dillon. Ah, I don't think so. Um, I saw somebody talk about it or kind of put it in the chat, and you know, Big Ben, big big Ben, you know, he retired officially and we knew this was coming, right? I mean, he was shot. But it's still wild, you know what I'm saying? Because I remember Ben Roethlisberger's entire career. His entire career. You know, funny thing, Ben Roethlisberger coming out of college, a lot of people forget this, he was actually pretty athletic. <laughs> like, he was he was moving. Like, he was probably a lot more like Josh Allen than people want to kind of give him credit for. Like, he was... 
he was able to move. He was able to run. Like, you go watch some Miami, Ohio highlights of Ben Roethlisberger. Dude was, he was different. He was ripping off big runs, all that stuff. So, shout out to Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, you know, he had some weird moments in his career with the, uh, you know, little pedophile, whatever, rape stuff. Like, that was, that was wild. You know, yeah. Nah, fuck Ben Roethlisberger. That was wild. Yeah, fuck Big Ben. All right, here we go. Got my guy Gammon coming on. A am I saying your name right, Gammon? Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right. How you doing today, Clark? Oh, so man, I had, I'm doing I had, good. Uh, so it's uh, you know, you do this like so well, just just talking in front of the camera. For me, like I always think about what I'm gonna say, what I'm gonna do, and then when I get on here, I just realize like how much I really suck at it. So, uh, props to you being able to do this all the time. Um, I had a couple questions for you. Um, First one is I want to give you a chance to kind of defend yourself because I, I just feel like I just feel like the chat goes so. And now this isn't me, this isn't me, but I feel like I, you, you're given. I, I'm so grateful you give me a chance to kind of utilize your platform. I kind of want to reissue you your platform to kind of justify your stance on Jimmy Garoppolo because I feel like a lot of fans we listen to you all the time, whether it's here or Locked On Niners. But I just feel like people kind of get captured on what you say at the moment when in regards to Jimmy Garoppolo, I personally feel, and I know that your stance hasn't changed. Last night, I went back to some of your episodes seven, eight months ago, just to kind of listen to what you were saying. And I feel like the, the underlying theme that what you said, and you kind of reiterated it uh, yesterday, was that you said, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, if it was your choice, he wouldn't even be on this team. It'd be Trey Lance. But what I found uh, funny is that is that the first half of the season, the team play wasn't good. Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't playing well. And everybody was just labeling you as a Jimmy Garoppolo hater. Like, everybody was just calling you Jimmy Garoppolo hater. Second half, the 49ers are playing well. Jimmy Garoppolo is up to his play. And now everyone's saying that you're just this, like, Jimmy Garoppolo fanatic. But I, I feel like you just take it literally one game at a time, but I think it's just so funny how everyone's narratives or opinions on you has changed, but yet I feel like you've just remained balanced. I just wanted to yeah. see if, you know, how you feel about that. Well, I, I think it's because it's such a polarizing topic, polarizing topic. You know what I'm saying? Um, the way I've, I've always viewed it, and I, and I talk about it, and even when I thought early on, and there's different stages, right? Because even Jimmy Garoppolo, he went through some different phases throughout this season. Uh, and I'll kind of go back and start over, you know, just so everybody knows what you're talking about. From the jump, right, if if, it, if Eric Crocker was GM, there would be no Jimmy Garoppolo on the roster. And my reasoning for that was start the clock on your young guy. He hasn't played in a year. Get him going. Um, you know, I felt like if the 49ers got to the point where they are right now, right, playoff team, they would be better with Trey Lance than they would with Jimmy Garoppolo just because he is, you know, a more explosive player, whether it's with his arm, his legs, he brings a different dynamic and ability and those type of things, right? Now, that's not to say that the 49ers can't win with Jimmy Garoppolo. But I do think most people understand right now that if there is a weakness, it, it is Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Like, if there is kind of a thing where it kind of gives people a little pause, it's it's Jimmy. Not to say you can't win with him, but that's that's just kind of how you look at it. So, my whole thing was, 
knowing that, even how we feel right now today, and it's like, wow, you're in an NC championship game. Don't complain about the quarterback. I get it. I get it. But we do know, like, man, it's like, oh, come on, Jimmy, right? Like, come on. Um, I was looking at where it was like, all right, you got Trey Lance, you know, he, you know, he get all his ups and downs and his lumps, you know, good, bad, whatever, ugly, and he progressed. Now, the one thing that I don't know is Trey Lance didn't play. Would he have progressed as much as he has progressed to the to the point that he has now, right? Like when you watch him with his Texans, it's like, wow, he looks much better against the Texans. Would he have done that if he had been playing the whole time? Maybe created some bad habits. I, I don't know those things. So maybe it was good for him to sit. I, I don't know. But that was just kind of my stance. But once they their stance was Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Their stance was Jimmy Garoppolo. I 100% understood it. Kyle Shanahan, and I've also talked on touched on this. Kyle Shanahan can't play for next year. Kyle Shanahan has to play for right now. Kyle Shanahan had one winning season in four years. He's under fire. You know what I'm saying? And not that he's going to get fired, but there's a different level, level of urgency that he had to coach with. So I understood going with Jimmy Garoppolo, and I understood how going with an eight-year veteran over a rookie gives you a better chance to win from what we know, right? We know you can win with Jimmy Garoppolo. So all those things I understood. When I started kind of getting back into the Trey Lance thing was when you're two and four or three and five and you just got beat out by Colt McCoy, I came on here and said, and everybody can kind of go back and watch that episode. I did not think that Jimmy Garoppolo was the reason the 49ers lost. So if the 49ers are going to be three and five and they're not going to, and they're and they lose a game and it's not because the quarterback, or if you're going to lose games and your quarterback isn't able to overcome it, you're better off losing with Trey Lance and getting him those reps and preparing him for the future. Now, Kyle Shanahan never gave up on the season. So from his standpoint, it's like, listen, I, I get it, y'all, but we're not eliminated. So until that happens, I'm playing Jimmy G. And I understood that. And when it came to, you know, the playoff, the, 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 the tight, the, you had the Titans game, it was ugly from Jimmy G. Trey Lance came in after that. He won against Houston. Even then, going into the Rams game, when it was a must-win game, what was Eric Crocker saying? You got to play Jimmy. You got to play Jimmy. So I think it's tough. I think Kyle Shanahan kind of created this dynamic of people like me to kind of have an opinion on what he should do at the quarterback position because it was so weird, even this season. I also believe if... If Jimmy Garoppolo just played normal, just played like he played in 2019, which wasn't great, but it was like, okay, he's playing cool football, 49ers are winning, you would not have, not one time would you have heard me say anything about Trey Lance as far as, oh, he needs to start. Never. Even if, because remember, early on in that 2019 season, it was kind of the first seven games, 49ers won like, they started off 8-0, but it was clear Jimmy was, was not a big reason as to why. Like, it was like run game and the defense was just shut down, right? And even then, even in a situation like that, I would have been like, no, you stick with Jimmy Garoppolo. You know what I'm saying? So, I think some people, they get, like, super worked up emotionally one way or the other. Uh, I don't get worked up one way or the other. Uh, you know, I think the proof of that is when the 49ers played the Rams and they're down 17-0 and everybody's calling for Trey Lance and all this, and I'm like, no, you got to stick with Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, heading into the playoffs, you know, shoulder injury and stuff like that. And I'm like, no, you got to stick with Jimmy Garoppolo. I understand what the assignment is right now. And and I don't think you throw a rookie into that. So 
you know, there's different ways to look at it, but I think the fan base, they just get so emotional with it. People have kind of staked their, put their flags in the ground. Uh, you, you, you know, you, Jimmy sucks or uh, no, Trey Lance is not ready. Like, you know what I'm saying? And to me, it's just like, I, I don't think it's as simple as either one of those. I know I went on a rant. Sorry. I just kind of had to rehash that whole thing. What you're talking about. Absolutely. And, uh, Last question before I, I get off with you, Croc. But um, I, I know that you've been on a, on a on a championship team yourself, and one of the reasons why I was thinking that it was best because some people were were asking that uh, before the Green Bay Packers game, they're they're saying like, "Hey, throw in Jimmy or uh, throw in Trey Lance and and just you know unseat um, Jimmy Garoppolo." But my biggest thing is it, for you being on some of those championship teams, right? It's not just uh, Madden you know, you know, plug and play just because somebody's overall might be a little bit different. I, I think it's different when, when, Hey, these guys have really battled, have really warred together. And when you kind of have like your, your war daddies all in a group and you're looking at each other and Jimmy Garoppolo is kind of able to say, it's different when Jimmy Garoppolo is able to say like, Hey guys, we've been through this before. You remember that one time in 2019 and, right. and they kind of, have a belief in each other. It may not just be a belief in one guy and Jimmy Garoppolo, but they all believe in each other. They've been, but if you just insert somebody there and th there's not that you, you, there's a cohesion and a chemistry kind of dynamic. And I, before I get off, I just, I know if you kind of wanted to kind of relate to that with maybe some of your um, experiences, but I, I think it's not just as simple as just a Madden swap overall, but there is um, that history camaraderie, chemistry and cohesion thanks Croc. oh yeah all good and, and i think that has a big hand in it right jimmy like you hear a lot of people come out and they're like oh man like trey lance must not be good and it's like or oh man his teammates must hate like no these teammates of the 49ers these guys teammates of jimmy garoppolo teammates of trey lance like they they have went to battle with Jimmy Garoppolo. So they're going to go to battle for Jimmy Garoppolo. They know Jimmy in the locker room. They know what he means to them, to the team. And for them, it's not as simple as just a plug and play. One, they're trying to win. I got a DM from Richard Sherman yesterday. And Richard Sherman was like, man, 49er fans, like, they, you know, they're going, they're going to miss Jimmy G. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and it's, he knows, you know, Sherm knows what Garoppolo means to, to the to the locker room. And their thing is, at the end of the day, we know we win games with him. Like, we're going to go to war with him. And when it comes down to it, we look in his eyes and we know he's going to help us. Now, Trey Lance will have time to build his legacy of his own with his teammates. It's just not this year. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just next year. It's next year. Next year, Trey Lance will have the time when guys have to battle through adversity. They ain't went through no adversity with Trey Lance. They've had to go through a ton of adversity with Jimmy Garoppolo. And a lot of these guys when you, that you hear talk, the Jimmy Wards and the Armsteads and some of these guys, they've been on this team when they were terrible. They went through the Tom Sula years. They went through the Chip Kelly 2 and 14 years. So it's like, man, we don't went through that. And, and then, okay, we got Jimmy, and we don't want a lot of games with Jimmy Garoppolo, and we know who he is and his leadership and all that. That means something to those guys. And they know this is the last hurrah. <laughs> this is it. There is no <laughs> – with, with Jimmy. Trey Lance is going to have his opportunity to kind of build 
his own legacy with his teammates and and them to look and they're, they're going to be able to look to, to Lance and see those same things, but they haven't gone through that with him yet. So right now, at this time, it means a lot to them to go through this with Jimmy Garoppolo. It'd just be the last time they have an opportunity to do so. All right, here we go. Coming on now, I got my guy. Wait a minute. Shoot. Is this three straight days? I think it's three straight, three straight days for my guy, Mr. Smoking Niner Guy Smith. Yo, good morning, man. What's up? What's up, Crot? What's up? Oh, one second. Hold on, hold on. Before we get to it, let me get to the super chat. My guy, 49er Jeff, I appreciate it. My bad. Uh, keep you waiting. Uh, what do you think they are focusing on on our offense, our defense? Great stuff, Crot, especially this week. I can't wait till Sunday. Defense will win the game. Man, I think defense is going to have to win the game, man. I appreciate the contribution. Uh, what do I think the uh think they are focusing on? I really think it's making them one-dimensional. 49ers, one, the 49ers, they, they don't really veer too far away from their style, right? They 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 wanna they wanna win with physicality and they want to impose that on teams on both sides of the ball. So on 49ers side, on the defensive side of the ball, it's man, you gotta stop the run, make them one-dimensional, make Matthew Stafford have to beat you with an arm, and the more and kind of like Jimmy Garoppolo, the more he throws. The more likely he's prone to do some weird shit and throw you the rock. All right, so make them one-dimensional. Make Stafford do that. On the offensive side of the ball, it's be able to run the ball because once 49ers can run the ball and they get those things going, the passing game works extremely well off of that, and you're able to take your shot plays. That's one thing that we really haven't seen really um, in the two games with the 49ers against the Rams. Like, where's that big shot play? Man, I think it's coming. How's it going to come? I think it's going to be running the rock. Mr. Smoking Smith, what do you think? I want you. Can you answer this question? Oh, um... My bad. Let me put it back up. I I, I got the uh, contribution. I got it. I got it. I got it. We got uh, we got the Cowboys champ. You want to give us? You want to give me two dollars to tell me that the 49ers are whiners? <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, real quick, my you know my brother, big Dallas Cowboy fan. So uh, scary team, scary team, Dallas Cowboys, but. Uh, Think uh, Cowboys are kind of sitting at home right now, so <laughs> I don't know how much you can kind of slander the 49ers and their fans. Niners should pay a fine and wear all white Sunday. Oh, I like that idea. You can do that. You'd have to pay a fine, but sometimes it's worth it. And if you go back to the and I'll bring up that um, other super 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 chat from our guy smoking uh smoking. We got 49er Jeff. Where's it at? Where's it at? Where's it at? Here we go. All right, when you if you go back to the 2014 season, everybody calls those 94, uh, the those throwbacks to 94 uniforms, right? But really, they're not. They're like the 1958 throwbacks or something like that. They wore them in 94, though, and the owner was willing to take a fine. Like, hey, we're going to wear those uniforms, the all-white, the red, whatever. That's why I've been confused because I'm like, you know, I don't remember that year, like, you know, super in-depth. I'm like, man, how come sometimes I see – Deion Sanders in the regular uniforms that the guys wear now, but then they also wore the other ones a ton. And what it was, was they were like, I guess it was, they thought it was good luck. So they were going to go with those no matter what they were going to just going to take the fine. So mm -hmm. uh, I think, I guess the league ended up approving it for nine shit kind of, Hey man, we wearing the all whites. They should do that. They'll, they'll, they'll get fined, but you can't stop them technically. All right. But uh, back to our question from 49er Jeff, what are some of your thoughts on that? So I think that the Rams are going to try to, like you said, they're going to try to, uh, they're going to try to shut down our run. So they're going to try to go all out because as opposing, as opposing teams, you want to put 
the the ball in Jimmy's hands just because that's your that's the best way for them to be for, for them to be successful. So I got so, a question for you real quick. Mm-hmm. So if you are a team and you want to ensure that Jimmy is uncomfortable having to do some things that maybe the 49ers ideally don't want him to do. How how do you how do you think you go about that? You you stuff all the you stuff the run lanes. You put, yeah. I would say you put maybe a four eight man box, but then you yeah. have you isolate, you know, you play the corners one on one. And then you put everybody, you play the uh play the box, and then when it's time to uh, pass, you crowd the middle, crowd the middle, and crowd that that his area, you know, and make sure you keep an eye on on third downs. You know, he likes to go to uh Kittle, Jawan Jennings, and Debo. So on those things, you 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 keep your eye on if if um if Jimmy's if I mean if uh Debo's in the backfield, you got to look for that that uh sweep. You got to look for that uh Texas route. You got to look for the wheel route. Um, you got to look for uh, Jennings and uh, Kittle going across the middle. Um, that's what you. That's what you want to take away. If you take away that and try to force them to do pass outside the numbers, I mean, that's. I, I'm pretty sure teams would uh, take their chances on Jimmy trying to having Jimmy pass outside of the numbers to beat them. I, I, I All mean, right. That that's one uh, thing that I'm curious. I was on live with a Packers uh, host and. If I'm a defensive coordinator, if I'm Raheem Morris of the of the uh, L.A. Rams, that's what I do, right? I, I say, you know what? 49ers haven't really shown the ability to just throw straight go routes, so let's play man on the outside, and I'm going to have everybody in the box. And I'm going to crowd and try to plug all the holes and take away the run game, like you said, take away where Jimmy Garoppolo wants to throw most. And that has been over the middle. That's kind of his thing. So I'm curious to know. Maybe it's not that simple, right? Maybe it's just like, nah, Croc is, is harder than that. It's, you know, it's not I mean, as simple as just doing that. that because exactly, teams have I mean, a hard it, time stopping them. And Jimmy Garoppolo, real quick, I saw a stat. His numbers this year against the Rams, he's averaging 250 passing yards. He has more touchdowns and interceptions. And he is completing 75% of his passes. So that's pretty good numbers against the, the Rams. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I think for, for like, for us though, um, what we got to think about as, 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 as all these, the, the first two games we played, I'll start with, uh, OBJ, OBJ, they like to get him. They, if you notice, he's only active in that, that, that those scripted plays. The first game he came when he, uh, when he first got traded to us, they tried to hit him in the first, the first series, even the second game we played, they tried to hit him. They tried to get him early. He he might get like two catches on that first drive or that first second drive, but then after that, he's pretty much uh quiet. For Coop, I feel like I mean not Coop Cup. I feel like you you call him Coop. That's what they call him Coop. They call when when he catches the ball Coop. Now you won't Mm -hmm. hear it this Sunday because 49ers take take over uh, Levi South. But yeah yeah you call him Coop though. Yeah, (laughs) I feel like we if we treat him like Adams, you know he's gonna get his catches. You know what I mean? If we if we treat him like Adams, you know, still bracket him and, and he might get his his catches. But long as that's the only one that's getting there, getting his, we can live with that. Uh, Aaron Donald, I, I was just watching some film. Uh, I went back and watched the game, the first game, the second game, and I watched um, the Tampa Bay game. Run at him, run at him. I mean, I just I saw it like I just is. Point is a couple times where you just run right at him. You put that double team on him, and I mean he he turns into a regular person. It was it was laughable. I mean I, I posted this one uh clip one on my Twitter, but 
is is he's like a human being. He's like a regular regular person. Uh, Von Miller, same thing. If we're gonna run outside, run right at Von. Run right at Von. I mean, it was we we do that where we get the tackle to uh, come on, and then we get that uh, the the pulling guard to come on and double double yeah. up and just boom knocks them all the way to the uh, to the sideline. I mean, I feel like if with those players, yeah, they're hot, but like if we use their strength against them, then after after a while, they're not gonna be ready. They're not gonna be ready. Um, and then I, I do have what is one thing, uh, this one uh, kind of uh, X factor or thing. I feel like so. I think Jamichael Hasty is gonna have a big play this game. I feel like he's going to he's gonna catch a a, a nice um, pass out of the backfield, and they also like to use him on a kickoff. So I feel like he's gonna have a, a big kickoff. Or he's gonna have that uh, a nice game out of the backfield for a run. It's not. It might not be game changing, but I just feel like yeah. he's he's got that. I feel like Jamichael Hastings has got that play. He's just he's going he, he's going to contribute the same. But uh, oh, but I, I don't want to hold you up. Yeah, huh? okay, go ahead. Yeah, um, yeah, I I feel like that's who that's who I feel like is is because we we're gonna need uh uh somebody that we're not expecting to make a play, just like uh Willis. Willis made that play last game. We're gonna need somebody that we're not expecting to make uh, a play when we least expect it, and I feel like he he he's gonna be the person to make it. I feel like I feel like he's gonna he's gonna bust that open, and of Sorry. course we're gonna win. And yeah, we just gotta stick to the formula. That's that's it. That's we already know we we proven stick to the formula, and we got this. We're gonna go to the uh, Super Bowl and take care of business. All right, man. I appreciate you coming on. Good stuff. All right, man. All right. My guy's smoking. Smith. Like that name. Here we go. Got a couple of contributions here. Uh, one from Josue. Josue Ochoa. Here we go. How does uh, D'Amico contain Cup and Beckham? Great question. I don't know. <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, I feel like, you know, because it's it's not just cup and Beckham, right? Like when you look at when you look at the Packers, it's like, hey man, it's it's Devontae Adams and whoever else is is kind of whatever. Uh, you know, Lazard, he wasn't gonna beat you. Now remember, they were missing the MVS, and I think that was big for their offense, and that really helped the 49ers. When you look at the Rams, it's like, well, okay, you try to take away Cooper Cup, you give him a lot of attention, but then okay, Odell, he's starting to come along, and then it's like, damn, Tyler Higsby, he was big last game. So, and um, I have to do a video for Lion Sports, and, and uh, I'm actually telling them to take the, the over with Tyler Higsby's numbers. You know, it's it's hard to take away all three guys. Now, again, you said contain them, so that doesn't mean just stop them. And if if I had to choose, I feel like the, the, the bigger issue will be Cooper Cup. So let's work to li limit him. Because he has the most continuity with his quarterback, limit Cooper Cup, and then I believe everything else can kind of work off of that. So uh Odell, I don't think he can kill you, but he's starting to come along a little bit, just a little bit. Where's me a little bit? I got one more super chat here. Uh my guy Kenneth Burns. Trey Lance package this Sunday. I I I still don't see a Trey Lance package. I, I don't. And the way I've explained it to people, because, you know, it's crazy because other, like, whenever I talk to opposing teams, fans, or media people, 
they always think that, oh, the Trey Lance thing, like, that's coming. It's like, it's not. I believe that Kyle Shanahan views Trey Lance as a traditional quarterback. He just has freakish ability. But he, he views him as a traditional quarterback. So he's tried to incorporate him as a kind of package guy, but I just don't think he f- figures out how to how to do it within the scheme of his offense. So when you see Trey Lance, it's going to be because it's the Kyle Shanahan's traditional offense with a few little wrinkles to it, as opposed to I'm going to be Trey Lance to bring Trey Lance in to do the wrinkles. I hope that makes sense. Got my guy, Mr. Roscoe, is coming on. Good morning, Chris. Chris, you're on. Uh, you're on uh, mute. Got to take this. Stuff. What's up, bro? There we go. I got you. What's good, man? Oh man, you know, about to hit the shower real quick because I gotta, you know, work. Even though I work from home, but uh, <laughs> I just, I just called in because I, I wanted to offer you this scenario because I know you talk about how fans, you know, go to the extreme a lot of times, right? And I seen, you know, Jordan. I seen Jamal, you know, they have to they have to tweet out because people are at the extreme with Jimmy Garoppolo. So they have to tweet out if is Jimmy terrible? No. Is Jimmy excellent? No. He's just in the middle. And then I, you know, I just I, I had a thought and I'm like, maybe this. Overall, is Jimmy does Jimmy suck overall? No. No. In these last four games. Does Jimmy suck? Yes. yes. <laughs> well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Statistically, he does suck in the last four games. But I would say because well, hold on. He... I didn't finish. I didn't finish. Okay, hold on. Ahead, Let me ahead, say this. Ahead. Okay. And that includes him playing good for some halves, like the second half of the Rams game, the first half of Green Bay and Dallas, and that's it yet, actually. So those – I mean, he's a so you know three good halves, but overall, the last three games, even with a high completion percentage, he sucks. We got to call it how we see it. Uh, statistically, yes. W- w- what else were we going off of? Well, I think Kyle Shanahan talked about a couple of throws that he had against the Packers. One that would have hit, uh, that hit George Kittle in stride. That potentially could have been a touchdown if you made one guy that, miss. That's, and, that's the uh, first half. The, that's the first half. Um, okay, then the throw, to, which the I throw to Jennings. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I mean, so I'm saying, like, you know, statistically, he, he sucks. I thought there were some things that he did better that maybe didn't don't sh- flash big time on the, on the stats, but I, I get what you're saying, but, though. But, like, but, but, but I counted that. I, I literally said his first – those dimes came in the first half of the uh, Packers game. Yeah. Uh, those those miss um, – the miss opportunities versus Green Bay definitely wasn't his fault. It came, you know, when uh, Jennings, Kittle, and I think somebody – and A.U. And dropped the ball. I, I counted that. But those are like <sighs> – I, I, we, it's like we, it's like we're like a class, and everybody's failing, and so the teacher has to grade grade on a curve. We're grading Jimmy on a curve, and that's. I the do problem. think that I, 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 I like that analogy. I've but, seen but, the like but, group project analogy kind of thrown out there, but uh, grading on a curve, I, I, 
Yeah. I mean, I like the group project. Shout out to Mina Kimes. And anybody who coming for Mina Kimes is a doofus. But anyways. Why do people come for Mina Kimes? Because she said the group project thing. So, you know, Jimmy Jimmy fans are going to go crazy and disrespect her. And, and Jeff Garcia went way overboard in his approach because I definitely didn't see him say anything when Ryan Clark destroyed Jimmy and ripped him into shreds. But with, that's a conversation for a different day because I don't want to go into it. But no, uh, that's a conversation. No, to go into it. No, I, I, look, we, I want to. I want to talk about the Rams. Uh, I'll okay. let you talk about it. You know, I mean, you got yeah. a wife. You know, uh, I, you know me. I, I've, been, I've been wanting you to bring on more women. I don't even think you brought a woman on yet, bro. Have you? I will. No. You will. I know you will. Uh, but I mean, like, look. You know what it is, and I know what it is, and I think people in the chat know what it is. If I say Jeff Garcia didn't go as hard against Ryan Clark, which Ryan Clark ripped Jimmy like two weeks ago, but he rips Mina Kimes for saying Jimmy G is like the kid in a group project who gets an A but really didn't do anything, it's the truth. Like, I mean, yes, analogies can be over-exaggerated, of course. She does, but she was doing it for jokes and you know, doing it, you know, a little bit over exaggeration. But her point was take like, if I don't think she was, I don't think she was doing it for jokes. I think she was serious. Like, but, but what I'm saying is the over exaggeration of it. Like, it, it, I don't even think it's over exaggeration. I think she was correct. Yeah, I do too. But you know me, I like to give people an like a, a way argument. Like, like, I like to give people, um, I like to give, like, if I'm arguing with you, I'm gonna give you a point. I'm going to give you that. So I, I'm just saying, like, maybe, maybe, maybe she took it. Maybe she was just, you know, over-exaggerating her thing or whatever. I don't know. But at the end of the day, yes, she was correct, 100% correct. I, I don't even know how people can get offended by it. I don't see how you people can watch the games and not say, dang, she just used an amazing analogy. But I, I want to talk about the Rams. Uh, right. This is what I want to say because I really got to go. Like, like Tom Brady was texting all his teammates during Super Bowl week. He said, look, guys, we already have the answers. We already have the answers to the test. Let's just go out and do it. We beat this team six times in a row. We beat this team twice this year. We already have the answers to the test. The answers are laid out right there. We just got to fill in the bubble. Yeah. Have a one crop. All right. I like how my guy Chris ended that, man. Uh, the 49ers right now, they're playing the Rams for, you know, the third time this year. And they have the answers to the test. And, you know, I had someone earlier comment and say, you know, you know, is it about adjustments? I'm like, man, I don't even know if it's about adjustments. I think it's just about who executes. Because they, 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 they both have the answer to the test, the Rams and the 49ers. They played these teams twice. Both games were extremely different. So you've been through all the different scenarios of this game in all situations. Now you go back and you look at those games and everything is presented right there in front of you. And it comes down to now, how do you execute? It was a take-home test. It was a take-home test. You got the answers. Who executes better? All right, here we go. I got my guy, Eddie. He says, uh, says Croc. Would you start Dante or Ambry? Who good one. I I don't I, I lean towards Ambry Thomas. 
uh, only because, again, and, and it's because of his, like, physical traits of being able to run with anyone. Nobody's outrunning them, getting on top of him, anything like that. Still think he has really good eyes coming down. Now, I talked about Dante Johnson. He kind of got let off the hook a little bit. I'm not a scheme guy. I'm not as much a scheme guy. I understand a certain scheme. And I know when you're in cover two and you got too high, typically, at least the way I teach it, second guy through your zone, you go with that. So that wheel route by the running back, uh, right before halftime that ended up being a big play. Everybody was got on, on ward about that. And he's a too high guy. So yeah. Okay. We can give it, but corner didn't help himself. Corner didn't help himself. Yeah. You know, can't have busted coverage just like that. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to, I don't know exactly what they are told in meetings. I know what I've taught and what I've been told. And it's, you know, second guy through your zone, you run with that. So a little busted coverage. But anyways, regardless of that, I just, I like the way that Ambry Thomas, he's pretty sound in his technique from what I've seen. Uh, he's sound with his ability. Biggest thing with him is when at the catch point. And the more he does that, the the more he's like, okay, that's the right guy. Got my guy, Albie Lowe, man. Shout out to uh, my guy, Albie Lowe. Uh, Westwood Elementary. Albie, I still got, I got, I have a picture of us. Where is that picture? I got a lot of stuff in the group chat. I'm going to find that picture. And uh, I got a picture of this in the classroom, man, Westwood Elementary. I don't even know where it came from, but my wife's, my, my mom sent it to me. So I'm going to find that, man. I'm going to find that, Albie. Appreciate the contribution, bro. I hope all is good. Hope all is good with the family and everything. Hope all is good with everyone that's in this chat. Hope you guys like this show. I know. Kind of ended on, you know, y'all, y'all, y'all get real tight with the Jimmy. What? Can I get somebody on or somebody to tell me in the chat, why do y'all get so tight with this Jimmy thing? Why do y'all get so tight with it? When I'm tight, like, I, I see the, the comments. And it's like, he starts talking about Jimmy. Oh, my God. Oh, Jimmy. It's like, why y'all so tight about it? It's like, it's whatever. It's just conversation, right? I'm tired of hearing He's the motherfucking quarterback. <laughs> like, he's the quarterback. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's the quarterback. The quarterback has always, always, no matter what level, no matter what level, the quarterback is always the most popular player. He's the most talked about player. You can go back to Pop Warner, middle school, high school, college. The quarterback, oh, like, that's the guy. Like, the people are going to talk about the quarterback. So you can't do that, y'all. You can't be like, oh, uh, not this conversation again. The quarterback. Yes, it's the motherfucking quarterback. Who are they talking about on TV? When they talk about the Rams, if you cut on TV right now and they're talking about the Rams, they're not talking about Aaron Donald. They're talking about motherfucking Matthew Stafford. That's what they're talking about. It, it, again, it's nothing new. And it's every, every show. Now, obviously, we try to be a little different here. Crowd Talk TV, uh, San Francisco 49ers morning show. But the, 49, the, the the quarterback is always going to be the most popular topic of in most organizations. You either have a quarterback and you're talking about how great he is and how things need to be better around him, or you got a sorry-ass quarterback and you're talking about how, hey, how are we going to get better around him? <laughs> or you got Jimmy Garoppolo and you don't know what the fuck he is and you got to figure out how to, how, okay, like, okay, uh, don't throw the ball a whole lot, run the ball 40 times, whatever. And then it just gets like heightened to like it gets on 10 because you drafted somebody number three overall. 
So now it's even more polarizing topic because of who's behind them. I don't know if the guy behind them is going to be better, but that's going to be the topic of conversation. Like, you have to know that. This team goes as far as Jimmy goes, for the most part, right? Well, we could talk about Debo. Man, Debo's that guy. But we know that. <laughs> we know Debo's that guy. Are there any questions? Okay, we'll have this. You guys have asked a lot of questions. I have not. I think I've seen one question where someone say, how are the Rams going to defend Debo Samuel? Or how are they going to stop him? That's it. One question. That's the only question about Debo Samuel. I have not seen one question about George Kittle. What is the question with the 49ers? The question with the 49ers is the quarterback. <laughs> so that's why everybody talks about him. That's the question. What are y'all worried about in this game? What are y'all worried about when it comes to the 49ers against the Rams? What 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 is the thing that where it's like, you know, this needs to do well? It's the quarterback. Everything else is it's tough. You know, some things you can't control. I see my guy Bones Jones. He says it's secondary. Secondary, they got the number six pass offense in the league. More times than not, they do well. They've limited a lot of things. They've done, you know, the secondary has done well. If your quarterback plays well, then you don't got to worry about anything going on with the secondary. That's the that that's that's the, why there's so much conversation about it. If Jimmy Garoppolo plays well, 49ers will win. This team is loaded. This team is ready to go. They got weapons galore. The defense is playing at a high level. Eric Armstead is playing out of his mind. We haven't even talked about him. He's playing out of his mind. Eric Armstead has been a maniac. Five and a half sacks over in the last, was it, uh, three win-or-go-home games or whatever it is for the 49ers. Armstead is playing like a maniac. Nick Bosa is playing like a maniac. Nick Bosa is about to break the record for... Uh, most postseason sacks by a 49er. Nick Bosa is about to do that. One sack. He's a sack away from breaking the record. I think Charles Haley has the record. Bosa is one sack away from having the record. Those are some good things. But you know what? At the end of the day, that's all good. Debo and the secondary and all that. But if Jimmy plays like shit, it's going to be hard to win, and that's the biggest question, and that's why it's the most talked about topic. And we don't know how he's going to play. Who do you have more confidence in playing well? The defense, Debo Samuel, or Jimmy Garoppolo? What's the one that you guys question the most? And whatever one you're thinking in your head, that's why we talk about that shit so much. One more game, baby. San Francisco 49ers playing the Los Angeles Rams this Sunday. I'm excited. I'm turned. I'm mad I can't go. You know, I, I'm, uh, I have a draft show, Locked On NFL Draft. Uh, Locked On NFL Draft. So I'll be, the, at the, I'll be at the HBCU Combine 
Saturday covering that. I go out to Mobile tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to try to get that guest on. we got 420 of you in here. Make sure you guys hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. I'm going to message my guy, former 49er, was a part of all three championship games. He told me he's good tomorrow. Originally, I told him oh, I can't because I got to go to Mobile, but F it. I got to get the people what they need, baby. I got to give y'all what y'all need, and I think he has some great insight on being a champion, uh, 49ers, uh, you know, championships. He played in the Super Bowl that, you know, all that good stuff. He started off, he wasn't a starter to begin with, but he definitely started throughout the entire uh, hardball tenure. So he's going to be somebody good. He told me, Croc, I'm good Friday at noon. Can you go? I'm like, ah, oh, I don't know. I got to go to this HBCU combine. But I got to give y'all what y'all want. So I'll reach back out to him today, see if he's still open at that time. I'll make it to Mobile early, set up, give y'all that interview. If not, I won't see y'all tomorrow. But uh, I will be out there, Mobile, HBCU combine. That's Saturday. I got to get my credentials for it Friday. Uh, all next week, I'll be in Mobile, Alabama. I'll see if my schedule's a little thrown off because I'm, I'm, I'm going to be somewhere else. I'm in an Airbnb house that uh, the Locked On Network's put me up in. So we'll see how that whole thing goes down. But whew, I'm confident that Monday we're going to have a good conversation. I'm confident. It's not Amal Brooks. It ain't Amal Brooks. This guy was drafted by the 49ers. Amal Brooks, Brooks was drafted by the Cincinnati Bengals. Appreciate everybody has been in the chat. If you haven't already, man, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Y'all know what it is, man. Underdog fantasy. Damn, we didn't get into our underdog fantasy. We didn't get into our underdog fantasy, but y'all know what it is, man. Underdog fantasy. Download the app or go to the website, underdogfantasy.com. We do our over-under props, all that good stuff. Uh, do y'all want to place a bet with me? We just came up short last week. We were just short last week by one. And it was, who was it? Kyle Juszczyk. I picked the over on his yards. We missed that. I put down $20 to come up $400. Kyle Juszczyk not getting nine receiving yards. He got the rushing yards. Kyle Juszczyk not getting nine receiving yards. Man, it's missed out on $400. Moneyways, man. Appreciate everybody in here. Love all y'all. Been a hell of a season, and we ain't done yet. I think we not done yet. Let's go. San Francisco 49 is more show. Intercepted. It is picked off by Eric Rocker. Over midfield. He'll run it all the way into the end zone. Touchdown. Crop Talk TV Podcast. Peace.